welcome to the Rainbows and Rain podcast, the podcast for early interventionists, where you'll hear stories, reflection, and coaching from the field. My name is Erica, and I'm an early intervention teacher in Minnesota. This podcast is about connecting through stories and reflecting on our practices during visits. Hear how I try to put best practice and research to work on the road and on real visits, looking to find the humor in it all. I hope this podcast helps you connect and reflect on your own visits and interactions with families. Rainbows and Rain is available wherever podcasts are listened to. Please share it with your friends and EI. While you are listening, please rate and review the podcast. This really helps um, put the podcast in front of more people like you who are wanting to connect and wanting to grow. So ratings and reviews help reach more people and just grow our R and R community, like I like to call it. So rainbows and rain. So thank you for doing that, especially if you're listening on Apple. I would love the reviews on Apple. So thanks again for doing that. Welcome again to what is episode 34 on the podcast. If you listened to the previous episode, uh, he's not making progress episode 33. I'm going to follow up a little bit to to that episode. So um, what I can appreciate that happened about that scenario is how much it brought to light how much parents aren't getting it. And also at the same time, the material or the resources that are lacking for providers in early intervention that are coaching. And I'm just so I want to talk a little bit more about that today on the materials and resources we use. And I'm mainly talking about, I guess, the handouts um, or your joint planning sheet or, you know, things like that, like the things you leave with the parent that's helping convey the message you're trying to get across. So I heard or read so many messages, I should say, on how many people related to that episode. And I'm truly appreciative for everyone who listened and shared their thoughts and feedback with me. Um, I just want to read a couple of those because this generated more messages than anything I've ever talked about or put out there. Okay, so this message came from Corey on Instagram. Hi, I am new to EI and have been listening to your podcasts daily. They have been so helpful. So thank you. I would love the PDF to your communication handout. And I think it could be so helpful for parents to see what communication actually is, especially for those who are so focused on the verbal form of communication. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Corey, for sending that. Um, I totally agree. I don't know what it is, but the kids I see today are not the kids I saw five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago. They're not. I don't know why. I'm not sure. But communication development, I'm just seeing more and more, whatever you want to call it, delays, impairments, screen time, too much, autism, whatever it is. Um, in zero to three, there's just a lot of it. Um, so yeah, parents are really focused on that verbal output and not seeing the missing steps that 
need to be worked on before your child can use words to quote unquote talk to you or communicate with you. So the handout that Corey is referencing is a handout I kind of scribbled out with the SLP that I work with prior to my meeting with this family who wanted to fire me over um, their child not making progress for the past four or five visits, which is how many visits I had total with this family. Um, To put it in perspective, their son is definitely working on just those first initial steps of early communication development, responding to people, interacting with people, engaging in back and forth um, interactions. That's where he's at. But they are very focused at the top of that staircase, which is I want him to talk. He can he can say apple when he sees an apple. He can name all the letters he when he sees them and, you know, label things and sing things to himself imitate what's going on a screen sometimes, but of course, isn't using words to communicate. And this family is very observant of that fact. Um, For example, they'll say, um, well, now he says, how do you do? And I knew right away that that had to have come from somewhere. That's not a typical two-year-old toddler phrase. And I said, what does that mean when he when he says that? And she goes, oh, he has no idea what it means. Um, he just says it. And I said, I agree. He Did it come from a song or a show? And sure enough, it came from a song. So the situation I shared in the previous episode, um, if you haven't listened to it, I, I strongly suggest you go back and listen to it. I Again, I had lots of messages. I wish I could read them all about providers just feeling burnt out in this area. No matter who you are, I heard from SLPs, I heard from early intervention teachers, I heard I heard from a few OTs, like I need to learn more about this. So I created, to kind of circle back to the very beginning, I created what ended up being a series of handouts that correlate or pair really well with what providers are doing in the field on visits who are coaching. So this isn't a handout that says, here's about 50 different ideas. Pick one that works for you. This isn't a handout that you need a college degree to understand and get. These are handouts that are written in plain language with visual graphics that appeal to caregivers. So I wanted to create something that really showed what communication is and what a caregiver's role is in helping their child to communicate. So the series is I Want My Child to Talk and there are 11 handouts, so the 10 steps and then the over and then the overall kind of um, so there's one overall that goes through the 10 steps or 11 steps. I'm sorry. And then um, I have individual handouts for each one of those steps and what communication looks like at each one of those steps and 
really those skills in each one of those areas needs to be solid for that child to truly step up to the next level. Okay, so I won't go into too much more detail other than check out the show notes from uh, the previous episode, episode 33, to get two free um, downloadable handouts, um, one with the staircase and all the steps. And then the other one is the first handout in the series, Move to Talk, Engaging in Social um, social People Games. So those two are free. They're linked in episode 33's show notes. Um, what I want to talk about today is that lack of material that's out there. So exactly what I said. So when I created the I Want My Child to Talk series of handouts, again, I wanted it to be short, simple, visual, but I wanted it to really dovetail really well with coaching. There is so much out there on how to coach and coaching caregivers, reflection, how to give feedback, um, how to model really well and those seven intentional steps to modeling. And there, there's a lot out there on what, how to interact because coaching is an interaction style. It's how you interact. But there's something to be said with leaving something with a caregiver that they can read, think about, reflect on, something that they can post on their door or their fridge, or they can hand to their daycare provider something simple, something direct and to the point, and something they can see as doable, like I can do this, or, you know, that kind of thing. And I didn't want it to be like I said, here's a list list of the five best people games, you know, um, I didn't want it to be a laundry list of ideas. I have found that parents come up with their best ideas when I don't give out any ideas, to be honest. Um, I will share, you know, what they need to do. Their child, for example, like if parent, you know, if we're in, so I have a great example of this. Uh, I have a student right now with Down syndrome. She is about 14, 15-ish months. So she's doing really well with prop sitting. And, you know, she doesn't need, you know, she doesn't need to be fully supported. But she kind of, you know, needs to be a little bit guarded. Like, you know, you need a spotter in a sense in case she does kind of tip. Because she's just learning to catch herself and have that, um, have that reaction and that response, that safety reaction to catch herself and put her arms out. But she's not there yet. So and she's not sitting, she's got really poor trunk control, but she is doing pretty good. She's made a lot of progress. So I and she's bigger now. So I was talking to mom, she's like, well, you know, still really want to work on sitting and get her to sit independently. If you're a PT and you're listening, and if you're not, Like when kiddos sit up, when they get up to standing, it does so much for everything. Vision, GI, fine motor, cognitive, social. It just brings their world to a whole new level. 
Um, And again, she's 14 months and we want her sitting up as much as we can because we have other things we want to work on too. So I talked to mom about ways to kind of help her sit more independently without mom needing to be right there. And one of them is put her in a box, put her in a basket. So if you've ever seen this strategy, it's really good. Get a diaper box or get a shallow basket or something, put a blanket in there. Um, You'll need to supervise her, of course, at least in this situation. I'm only going to speak about this family and this child. But with this family and this child, she's doing really well. She's learning to catch herself. She is catching herself. She really needs to practice on prop sitting and sitting. So we put her in a box. She did really well. She enjoyed it. Put some toys around there. Make it entertaining. Make it fun. Um, Give her some support. And now mom doesn't need to be like right there every second um, while she's working on sitting. So I kind of look at that box as like AT. So AT, assistive technology, something that we can use to accomplish a task. And that's the expertise we bring into our visits. Okay, so I didn't exactly tell this mom what to do with the box or how to fit it into her routines. I simply explained the how to help her work on prep sitting and what tool we could use because a box is pretty accessible or a basket pretty accessible. Most people have one. And, you know, what it can do to get to that next level. I didn't tell them anything else. We were, mom was all for it. She wanted to try it. We did, if we would have had time that visit, we would have tried it on the visit and worked out some of those things, but didn't have time. So when I came back the following visit, she said, oh, we love using our box, except she She doesn't like it when we walk away because now they're walking away. They're giving her some independence with it, right? She's, oh, great. She's sitting up. She's happy. Now I don't need to be there right there all the time. I can step away and start dinner or fold the laundry or answer those emails. Well, she she did not like being left alone. So smart little girl um, letting her caregivers know, hey, I don't like it over here. You stepped away. Um, So guess what they did? This is genius, and I would have never recommended this to a family because it's not my life and not their child. But they they have dogs, and they simply um, put a leash on the box so they could pull her wherever they had to go. And she still had to work on prop sitting. She still was having a lot of fun. She still had all the stability she needed. Um, but yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, we just drag her around on that Um on that dog leash in the box. So I hope you find that as genius as I do. Um, Would you have ever recommended that to a family? Hey, I noticed you have a couple of dogs. Why don't you strap that dog leash to a box and drag around your baby? Uh, No. (laughs) So, um, but it worked for them. So I really feel like There's a lack of materials that help parents think about how can I do this? So I created that series. I'm going to link where you can find it in the show notes and you can look at it. 
Um, hopefully it helps you out. Um, I've used a couple of them and I've loved it so far. What else I like about these is that they're extremely visual. I chose all those visuals very intentionally and purposefully. Like I said, they speak to the parent. So there's a lot of pictures of adults doing things. Um, not necessarily child, children doing things, but adults. So um, I hope it's really, I think it's really cool. So I hope you check it out. Uh, I am working on a sister series to that with strategies because I have a handful of go-to strategies I use with families when we're trying to problem solve um, that I just feel like I'm repeatedly talking about. Um, because they are so effective and parents are implementing them with a lot of success. So look for that on my Instagram. I'll share it there first. Um, And I'll probably link the first one in my Google Drive for a free download so you guys can check it out and give me your feedback. So I'm going to wrap it up here, um, making it a little bit shorter today. But I really just wanted to share the series that's out. I want my child to talk. You can find it on the Teachers Pay Teachers website. You can also view the entire series on the podcast's Instagram, which is rainbows underscore rain underscore podcast on Instagram. And again, Teachers Pay Teachers, my store is called All Things Early Intervention. So right now it's just those 11 or 12 handouts in that series. You can either buy them as a bundle for like 15 bucks or individually for like $1.99 or something like that. Um, The first one is free, the one with the staircase. So unless you go to the show notes from episode 33, you can get the second one too. Um, But I really wanted to share that. I'm really passionate right now. That's like what what's consuming all my time right now on spring break is I really just need material that's going to support my coaching, my material for parents. I have a ton of resources that is not lacking. What's lacking is the kind of resources I need right now. And with technology changing day to day, the handouts I had five, six years ago, don't really speak to parents right now. They want things that look like that they see on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. I had a mom send me a TikTok of um, a visual schedule she wanted. She was very specific about it. We had talked about visual schedules and she kind of had bought into it. She thought it was a good idea. Um, He was a really visual kid. He she already had something very similar she was using, but it wasn't very user-friendly. So I told her I could absolutely create something for her. That's part of my job is, you know, to hop on board maker, create that, laminate it, bring it out, ask her for feedback. Uh, but no, she kind of, she, she was great. And hey, I love it. Yeah. If, I mean, if they come up with their own ways on how to implement it, I know they're going to find success versus me prescribing them homework or do this during this time or do this and um, this will happen. Who cares about the why um, or how it ties to your goal? So that's what I feel like is really lacking. If you're looking for something or if you have found something that you really like, please share it with me. I would love to know what it is. 
You can, you know, screenshot it and send it to me on Instagram, or you can always email me to erikabo 80 at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. This was episode 34, All Things Early Intervention. And you can find the All Things Early Intervention store at Teachers Pay Teachers. So search it and check it out. Um, Also, if you haven't rate or reviewed the podcast, I would love it if you did, especially if you're listening on Apple. So thanks again. And I hope to catch you on another episode of Rainbows and Rain.